kent een hero. Tell me, ontwego, de tequila, me. Welcome to a Neon Jazz interview with Seattle-based singer Eugenie Jones. Over the length of our open interview, Eugenie speaks candidly about her recent dream realized, becoming a jazz singer. Her albums, how she secures live gigs, her day job, and much more. Dig it. Okay, I'm ready. First thing, where were you born and raised? Um, West Virginia. Um, we're in town um, area where the university is. So, talk to me about your family. I read a little bit in your bio, but kind of elaborate about your family and how they influenced you to love jazz. We were a church-going family, so I was influenced in terms of music because of that. My mother sang in church, and my father directed choir, and um, as one of their children, you know, you participated in special events and sang in special choirs from time to time, but I was an uncooperative child. I was the one in the back row throwing spit wads at my brothers and sisters' heads. So I wasn't really that interested, Um, but I think unconsciously I was um, influenced by it. I remember my mom and dad, you know, we had these huge family gatherings, and um, there was always music in the background, Nancy Wilson and Ray Charles and... um, you know, very early on hearing that kind of music. And my sisters and brothers were older. They were listening to Motown stuff, but my mom and dad were always listening to jazz. So when did you first start singing? I first started singing about two years ago, professionally. And that's that's an interesting tapestry to this. And I did see that you had mentioned you've been writing poetry your whole life. Did writing make right. it easier for you to transition into writing songs? Definitely because um, it's always been a vehicle for expressing what I was feeling um, and somewhat cathartic at times. And, um, you know, I had just tons of love poems when I was a teenager and in my young 20s, and then I used to journal. Um, And then as I progressed professionally, my professional career has always had some element of writing involved with it. Um, You know technical writing and those kinds of things, persuasive arguments, but I wrote for a newspaper for 19 years, um, a fitness and wellness column, so I've always been involved with writing in some form or fashion over the majority of my life. You went from the business world into show business, and you've been doing this for the last two years. What fueled your desire to do this at this point in your life? Um, I think a huge thing about me is... um, always looking for a way to grow and be more than I was previously. Um, And then also just trying to fully utilize the talents that God has given me. And and I just discovered this about myself. And when I discovered it, it it was like people listen to me sing and they're like, wow, you have a great voice. And I think that they don't realize is that I'm listening to myself and saying, wow, I can sing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's, it's so, new and amazing to me, and it's a form of expression that I can really look into people's eyes and connect with them, and um, it's just been fabulous, and just that feeling alone has made me want to say, okay, I've done that, now what else can I do, and how can I get better? And um, I haven't known a lot approaching this, and I've just kind of learned things as I've, as I've gone along. 
Um, I had no idea that it was going to go in the route that it did when I first started. I was just curious and saying, I wonder if I can do this. And then just even standing up in front of a group of people singing at a vocal jam was an experience for me. Once I felt like I had accomplished that, I started asking myself what next and then what next. And one thing just kind of led to the other. Well, it sounds like you're you have a pretty fulfilled life, uh, along with being a singer. You are in the nonprofit realm as well. Does that kind of satisfy another sense of of occupation for you? Um, you know, we all have to have a job that pays the bills and keeps a roof over our heads, and so, um, you know, this job is important to me. It's my primary source of income right now because music at this point is more pain than it is paying out than it is paying in. Um, But my my work that I do, I feel very fortunate to be able to work where I am. Um, I work for an agency that impacts the community. We see over 17,000 low-income family members over the course of a year. And and I do um, marketing, communication, PR, social media, website, everything you can think of under the caveat of communications and marketing for that agency. And so I see myself making a difference within the community I live, and that, that's important to me. So talk to me about the bands and the albums you've been a part of in the two years that you've been singing. So I think um, a real important step for me was um, going to vocal jams initially. Because, because I went to vocal jam, I became acquainted with a number of different musicians, um, you know, that are kind of like the A-list performers in Seattle. And because of being at different spots and having an opportunity to meet different people, I had an opportunity to develop and learn quickly um, in terms of quality, listening to quality music. And um, and then when I was ready to, you know, to actually record my own album, I knew who to go to for help in terms of help with my arrangements, who I wanted to perform with me on my album, um, so that was a wonderful first step. And my album is my first and only experience with what with the recording. Um, I started writing songs, and um, after a while, I started realizing I had quite a few songs. And I said, "Well, if I get run over by a Mack bus tomorrow, I'd like my boys to know what mommy was doing. So maybe it's time for me to record something." And, and um, so I worked with uh, Bill Anshell to get some new tunes that I hadn't even performed yet arranged and worked out. And and I knew that if I were going to do an album and I was going to go through the process of supporting it financially myself, I thought, well, why should I put all my money into doing covers? Why not put my own stuff out there? And that was why I did my album as nine originals and the two standards. I wanted people to know that I do perform standards 80% of the time when I'm out there performing, but when it came to recording, um, I wanted to put my own stuff out there, put my own thumbprint out there. You live in Seattle and perform up there. What's Seattle like as far as the jazz scene, and how has it embraced you and your music? I do all of my marketing and all my booking and all that side, the business side of it myself. I don't have a manager or, or anything like that. And um, so that's always a challenge. I think at the top of the heap and at the bottom of the heap, you really have to have a lot of hustle. And um, and you have to be persistent and keep knocking on people's doors. Um, I've 
done cold calling, I've done emailing, I do constant contact group emails, and I include venues on my emails. And it's challenging because um, Seattle has a, a large pool of very talented um, vocalists and musicians, and they're all out there knocking on doors and trying to make things happen for themselves. Um, so I've had experiences where I've approached a venue up to four months before getting a gig there. Um, and um, it, you just have to be persistent and, um, and a little thick-skinned at the same time, which is counterintuitive to my behavior because I'm not thick-skinned. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- I guess that's the beauty of this process that you're in, is that you, you're really fighting to get what you're getting, and, and you, you got a jazz career, and... Uh, I guess this this is one comment that I saw or I read about a reviewer uh, said about you, which probably is a great dose of validation. It says that you have been compared to the great Nina Simone. What's what's that feel like? I you know I kind of take that as I think people um, they want to kind of caveat you according with their realm of familiar what they're familiar with. How where does this thing replace in comparison to other people I know? And, and so that kind of gives people a, a way to communicate to the audience because everybody knows who Nina Simone is. So when you want to talk about someone that they don't know, it's good to say they kind of sound like Nina Simone. But in my mind, uh, she's incomparable, you know. Um, yeah. I wouldn't dare to presume to compare myself to her. Um, I liked her, her fire, and, and Peggy Lee's another one that I liked in terms of her business sense and that she was a writer as well as a performer. Um, so I look to icons like that for inspiration as far as how to be uh, business-minded as well as an entertainer. Um, but when it comes to my singing, I made, I made a conscious choice to um, stay away from listening to other people because I wanted to try and find my own voice and define my own style and see what that was. Because when I first started, I was kind of figuring that out. At this point, I I know what my style is like. I know where my sound comes from and I know how to reach it. Um, And I feel like it's it's a little bit different and and unique to me. And, And I like that. You know, I like knowing that I sound a little bit different. Now that things are off and running for you, what are some of your short and long term plans? Well, um, my short-term plans are always looking at venues that I want to be booked at and and continuing to market myself to those venues. It's a day-to-day grind to constantly um, find bookings for yourself because no one's knocking on my door saying, hey, do you want to come here? <laughs> so I've, I've got to create that conversation. Um, so that is always a short-term goal. A long-term goal is um, I've started a radio campaign um, through Casemith Productions, and um, my goal is to get my music out to a wider audience as much as possible and to connect with people like yourself, to tell my story so that you can share it with your listeners and so that my music can reach a broader audience. Because at the very, very, very core of all of this is that I, I have a message, and that message I want it to get out there and for people to hear it and for people to be touched by it. So my long-term goal is always to try and reach and touch as many people as I possibly can to share my songs with them. 
So we had, we've, we've talked about Nina Simone, you mentioned Peggy Lee. If you could go back in time and meet one musician from any era, who would it be and why? I admire a number of people. It's hard to narrow it down to one, but you know, I think in terms of um, class and confidence, I really like Sarah Vaughn and in terms of the breadth and scope of what she did. But I also like um, performers like Betty Carter, um, how she took something, made it different, and put her stamp on it. Um, so, Sarah for the legacy, and, and Betty for the um, altering perspective that she offered, I think. There will be two people that would be interesting to talk to. So... It sounds like you, you've really lived your life up to this point and you're realizing your dream. Do you have any regrets? I really don't because um, I really think even the mistakes that I've made in my past, have, they've helped to, to define who I am right now. And, and I like who I am. You know, I, I recognize that I'm flawed in some ways and I try to work on those flaws and to be aware of them and apologize for them as they, as they come along and uh, touch other people, but at the same time, um, I think my friends, if you were to ask them one word that would define me, and they'd say that I was driven. And that that drive, I apply it to all areas of my life, including my music, and um, while I'm not perfect, um, I like the process of what it's yielded, and I'm just going to continue to try and grow and perfect myself as a singer and as an entertainer and, and as a composer. So just to get a little insight into the music you like and who you are, what's the last album or song you listened to before our interview? Um, right, right now I have In Love with Cole Porter on my computer um, CD player, and uh, I just purchased it recently, and I absolutely love it. Um, Louis Armstrong's, it was just one of those things. <laughs> and uh, that's what I was listening to just before you called. I, I noticed that you do Twitter, and I always end my interview with this question. If you had to define who you are in the length of one tweet, what would it be? Oh, that's hard, because they only <laughs> give you so many words. 144 characters, that's it. <laughs> um, I would say join me on a journey through Straight Ahead Jazz through today's eyes. Very good. Eugenie, thanks again for your time, continued success, and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and singers doing that jazz these days. And thanks to Eugenie for her time and insight into her craft. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things Neon Jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.